no longer. Yes, you're mostly clean, but. I don't know who they are. But you got to take this along. The implications. It just occurred to me that you might not be very familiar with the plagues of Egypt. Are you a Christian, son? Well, uh, no, not really. I got it. So no Sunday school, Catholic school, none of that. Nope. You ever see the film The Ten Commandments? Charlton Heston, Let My People Go, uh, Parting the Red Sea. I've seen The Prince of Egypt. Yeah, um, well, I haven't. Oh, anyway, the point is, the Jewish people were slaves in Egypt, uh, helping to build the pyramids and, and all that. And the Bible tells this story. I mean, everybody should know this story. It's about how God, uh, through Moses, keeps sending plagues down on Egypt to convince the Pharaoh to release the Jews. And the Pharaoh refuses. So the plagues, they just keep getting worse, right? Right. So it starts out uh, the Nile turning to blood. And then lots of other things. Uh, frogs, uh, lice and flies, death of the livestock, boils on the people and their animals. Then you have hail, then a locust swarms, the darkness. And finally, all the firstborn man and animal died. Pretty horrible. Now, the Jews weren't affected. That's a big part of the story. All the curses fell on the uh, non-believers. So, um, for the final plague, the angel of death is sent down and killed every firstborn child. But the Jews, they were passed over by the angel. Uh, that's where the Passover angel in this story comes from. Hold on. The, the people in your story made a church dedicated to the Passover angel? Angel of Death? They tell me all your stories All the little worries you cry They tell me what the world needs What to say, who to please Where my loyalties should lie camera focus looking down at a pamphlet that's uh, in one of your hands it's basically a, a cheap bifold pamphlet from the church of the passover angel and it basically reads in the front of it the time is nearly upon us soon the lord our god through the passover angel will smite the wicked in washington and all those here in this great state by inflicting the great plagues of egypt on all the unbelievers and unless the persecution of the faithful ceases and the heathens adhere to his teachings, the Passover angel will inflict the final plague upon this sinful country, the deaths of the firstborn. And then there's a space in a larger font that reads, The Apocalypse Arrives, Sunday, August 15th, 1993. The rest of the pamphlet, as you open it up, essentially talks about the church who we are, our address, our location, our worship hours. If you want to send donations, our PO box number, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, and basically a, an invitation to all those who receive the pamphlet to come worship with us. And they, they have a service plan, of course, this coming Sunday of the date of the apocalypse. Zooming out, we're still in a parking lot of Walmart here in the outskirts of Houston. It's a hot, muggy, late afternoon day of August. Um, a lot of the crowd who's been gathered here to watch things unfold are scattered and confused and alarmed and uh, some laughing 
some surprise um, as a bunch of frogs pouring out of one of the nearby storm drains near, near the street. Um, the people who are gathered here around the pastor and his wife don't seem too concerned or even really care at all about what's going on. They're still looking at the three of you, impressing upon you the, how important it is to them you know, that their daughter is missing. They, they want her back. They love their daughter, the whole thing they're doing. So that's where we pick up our scene right here in the midst of this conversation where they're still talking to the three of you government agents about that. So um, as the pastor continues, you know, as on and on, is there anything else you want to ask him? Do you want to separate from the conversation? How do you want to address this situation? If I recall, um, well, so, so Dorothy would, would say, um, you said she's your firstborn? That's right, she is. Does that are does that mean you have additional kids? Uh, no, she's she's our only. She's child. your only child. Okay, all right. Yes. She just kind of makes a mental note of that. It's kind of a strange way to describe your kid as your as your firstborn. If you only if you only have one, she's our only child. Probably would be what she would expect uh, a parent to be saying. But she knows right. about this this church, the Church of the Passover Angel. Um, I don't think she has any more questions right now. Does anyone else have any questions for the pastor, his wife, or whatnot? So Willow is, would have faded back and is now like kind of internalizing everything and thinking about all of this and looking at her notes. So she's done with the situation, probably uncomfortable again. It's set in that she's still in the middle of a parking lot full of all of this chaos and she's... It's not been a great day so far. Yes. Fred is pretty much unreadable at the moment. Just completely blank expression. Uh, was mainly listening in. Um, yep. Yeah, so um, he'll continue and his wife will continue to implore upon you to, to find uh, the person or persons who took their daughter uh, and ask, is there anything they can do? Is there anything else you know they can show you? Do you need pictures of her? Um, is, you, is there anything you need us to do? We can make flyers. We can, you know, we have volunteers. We can go through the neighborhoods. Uh, do you need us? To, we can speak to the press. You know, they're just, they're basically, they're not stopping. With the, anything they can think of, they're just, they're keeping on it. As the three of you stand there, listening to them implore upon you and, and try to get your help to get their daughter back. I think Fred would, just kind of speak up and say, look, uh, uh, John or um, uh, Regina, I believe. No, Sarah. Sarah, the mother, uh, in the eyes and essentially say, um, flyers could be a good idea. Um, otherwise, as as we discussed, uh, stopping by perhaps uh, on your next service to talk to people that uh, visit your church. Um, basically, just ask people around. We'll should be enough for us, but I would suggest waiting before going to the press. It's extremely quick. This happened a few hours ago. I'd take your time if I were you. Yeah, so Sarah nods, but then John, the, the, the husband, the pastor, he basically says, we, we really can't wait. There's no, why would we wait? That she could be, we don't know where she is. The longer we wait, she could, they could take her to Mexico. They could cross state lines. Something awful could could happen to our daughter. I mean, waiting is is not an option. The, the, the more time we, the longer it takes, the further away she she gets. You're right. Waiting is not an option, and this is why we'll take care of it. Well, for what it's worth, waiting to go to the to the press, waiting to make it public, could be worth it. We never know if if you know if there's going to be some kind of demands or some sort of um, ultimatum or, or deal that's, that's being made. Usually somebody doesn't just steal a child for no reason. They don't know. John, John's face, the, the father, starts looking actually more worried when you mention about no reason as his mind starts to imagine some of the possible horrible reasons. Some of them, you know, so... Um, there, there is still that female detective from the Houston Police Department who's been kind of quietly sitting there, and she clears her throat for a moment. It kind of makes eye contact with you, Dorothy. 
So I just Willow is at this point visibly becoming annoyed with the father. Like she's trying to control it, but this whole this whole conversation is annoying Willow. Like it, it's bothering her on a level, but she's trying to control it and be professional and do what she's supposed to do. But she's at this point giving the father looks of irritation, at least bordering on you know disgust. But she's controlling it for now. Um, as the female detective clears her throat, I would think Willow would take the opening to talk to let anybody else talk, and would try to engage her and see what she has to say. As as things are kind of at this kind of winding down repetitive stage, um, the, the the female detective who hasn't even introduced herself or anything, she's just kind of been there for support, um, kind of squeezes the shoulder of Sarah Balfour, the mother, and steps over and kind of motions away at the three of you. Yeah, so Dorothy will take the hint and, and start walking away, but she'll also make eye contact with this detective and and sort of, you know, like, uh, I guess, I, I don't know, something along the lines of what's going on, you know, or come talk to us when you can kind of a thing. I don't know how to make... Yeah, and she she nods to you, and then as you kind of step away, she gets between you and the Balfours and says some essentially, you know, don't worry, we're on top of this. And we, we're fresh, you know, gives them the usual platitudes to kind of settle them down as the three of you basically move away. Um, and as you move away, you notice that there's kind of a crowd of supporters that have been here with the Balfours the whole time, and they seem to almost kind of encircle and kind of uh, kind of just move around and gather there amongst the the two minister and his wife and they they remain there quietly but um i guess maybe in supportive sort of fashion you know as kind of protecting their insulating or whatever you do uh, it takes maybe about 40 seconds or so before the, the female detective pulls herself away and skips or hurries over to where the three of you are standing before you even start any of the conversations um as she comes up she's she's about the same size as you dorothy about the same height um dark brown hair Pulled back, a professional, but it's loose. Like it's been, it's also hot and humid, frankly. So she's not going to wear it really tight. Um, she's got a, a sports jacket and a white shirt, you know, which is too dressed for the, the weather, but that's what, that's the uniform. A detective badge on her belt, you know, suit pants. And she comes over and offers a hand to the three of you. And she says, I'm, 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 I'm Detective Lidickson. Um, listen, I'm, um, I don't know if you noticed, but my captain's already given a full statement to the media that they've been alerted to the situation. And I do understand, of course, that, well, this is a Houston PD jurisdiction. But with that being said, any help that the three of you can offer us, and I really don't, I didn't get any of your names. Can I, would you mind? Yeah, I'm Willow Keaton with the DEA. And the DEA? Yes, the DEA. Oh, okay. Show her my badge. Oh, okay. Willow, but Miss, uh, is it a special agent? Willow's fine. Oh, all right, sure. Um, and, and you, sir? Special agent uh, Frederic Fontaine for the FBI. Pleased to meet you. Oh, okay. It's good. It's good. It's good to have the FBI. Um, and uh, you, Miss? Uh, my name's Dorothy Somerset. I'm a consultant with the FBI. I'm working with uh, with Fred here. Oh, excellent. Um. Well, um, I don't quite know why the three of you were um, were called. Oh, I mean, we certainly didn't. I don't think we called for the three of you. Um, but I was hoping maybe if I can um, get your contact information, we can stay in touch. We can work on this. I really, the situation with the, with the, the, the little girl is very concerning. Um, I probably don't need to get into that. But I, we was, I was really hoping that we could get your assistance. And, and, um, Recovering this of course. Girl. Look, I understand the the surprise. We were at the right place at the right time to sit like this, but we'll try to help any way we can. What can we do? Well, you have, of course, resources that we don't have here locally. I mean, we have to do a lot of our um, our searches through the, the state police, and uh, then we have to make requests for federal uh, backup. I mean, if it's if it's merely a local problem, fine. I mean, we have adequate resources to deal with it. But if it turns out we're dealing with a multi-county or interstate or whatever, um, 
maybe you have more information about the, the people involved. Um, uh, we still haven't um, quite ID'd the shooter or, or the suicide. Um, we're getting on, we're on top of that, but I, I have a feeling that you have. I'm just a little bit curious. It's been how long and you have no idea on the shooter. I mean, we essentially uh, collected his information and evidence. And then once we did the kidnapping came up, I think I mean, we're, gonna, I know, we're a little bit behind on this. So, um, speed is of the essence here, especially when we have a, a small child who's, who's being moved. So um, if there's some help you can give us that speeds up the process, I mean, I, I'd, I'd really appreciate it. What, what gives you the idea that we have information on who that suicide is? I mean, I guess you can call it a hunch, but I don't know why the three of you would have shown up when we didn't ask for you and you, um, I don't I mean, I'm just, it's a, I'll call it a hunch. Dorothy remains fairly stone-faced um, at this. So this, so this Fred <laughs> is not. So who's the shooter for the suicide? No idea. Dorothy looks at Willow. Yeah, the whole time I've just been kind of looking at the ground, wishing the situation would go away more or less. But she just looks back up and says, I have no idea who the shooter is. I was doing his order, just like everybody else here. Could we have your contact information? Oh, of course. Um, she, she looks around in her pockets, finally finds a little... She's got a, a simple billfold that she has a bunch of printed business cards in. And it's basically... You know, department issue business cards for the Houston Police Department. She's a detective; has got her name and phone number, and office number, and whatnot. So she she hands out a card to every single one of you, you know, with her information on it. She's. Do you? Uh, I, I, your contact information. Exactly the same thing. Back Willow's right. played the professional dance. We, we do the card exchange. in kind. Oh, oh yeah. Yep. Excellent. Yep. Right. She's, um, so she tucks the cards away. She says. One of the patrol officers was saying something about you had a warrant. That's right. For who? Look, I don't mean to be offensive here at all. We, we've been sent. We can't exactly tell you why or for what. It comes from fairly high up. We'll help any way we can. Well, I mean, the first thing we'd like to figure out, at least I would like to figure out, is, uh, of course, who the, the kidnapper is. But absent that fact, it seems pretty obvious the kidnapper and the person who's dead are tied together somehow. Um, so if we know who the who the body is, we'd have a better chance of, of tracking down who the possible uh, co-conspirators or who the kidnappers might be. So that's my first lead, is if I can ID that person and then anyone who he is associated with. We start going through that. We're also, we're working on the license plate. It's a secondary issue, but I get the sense you can help me with the first question. Have you seen the footage? Was she, was she in the room? Did she see the, I was, I was with the, with the family. I was trying to get as much information as I could from them. The mother told me her side of the story, what happened. So I didn't see, have to see it, but I've got her perspective on it. I just know from other patrol officers who, I mean, we're cops. We talk. So, I mean, I know a lot about mm. what I don't know is, is who he is. There, there's definitely a connection between, between whoever that, uh, that person is in there who killed himself and whoever drove away with this girl. There was definitely a, a handoff there. Um, yeah. If you, if you have people or techs working on, IDing this this guy, or or running his information, or or whatever the case is, I think that would be that would be a great first step. Uh, right, right. I mean, of course, we're going to run his prints, uh, which means we actually have to physically take his prints down to the police department. Or you can just tell me who he is. I can get his address, and we can go straight to his residence and start from there. I feel like he's definitely involved, but if you listen to the mother's story. And then you watch the footage. It stands up pretty good to the footage. That the mother was almost exactly spot on with her story as far as the security footage shows. So, whoever that guy is, obviously one of his main agendas was to get that child out of that store. The question that I have most pertinent on my brain is why and where is the child now? 
that seems like the question you're most equipped to answer. We've got a lot of resources. Uh, we can run down any leads as far as possible uh, associates, friends, family, neighbors, um, once we know who that guy is. I'll tell you what. We need to confer, and she, uh, Dorothy, looks at, at Fred, mostly, but also at Willow, and, and sort of, you know, we need to talk. And we'll get in contact with you as soon as we can. Okay. Um, all right, fine, fine. I mean, I'm, I'm asking for your help here. There's a small girl. It's, it's about saving a girl's life. Right? It's not about, you know, jurisdiction, right? We did, we're on the same page here. We, we got the same goals, right? I totally agree. And, and we absolutely understand that the jurisdiction in this case is, um, well, for the most part, uh, of, of little concern when it comes to saving this girl's life. But we, we want to work with you. Uh, and she looks at, at Fred and Willow again, kind of nods. She's like, we, we want to work with you, right? You know, to, to them in there uh, and whatever. Of course. And uh, we just need a little bit of time to talk about what's going down in private. Well, you, you've got my number. Um, I'll, I'll be here on the scene briefly. So um, just leave me a message at my, at my, my desk. I'll check in as, within... This evening I'll be back there, so we can maybe I can hopefully I'll hear from you soon. Right. She looks she looks at each of you with kind of this, this pleading look. Yeah, Dorothy nods. Yeah, I give her the smile and nod. Yeah, for Fred nods a bit as well. All right, so she uh, her she looks at you for just a moment longer with that kind of hopeful push, and then she turns and goes back to the family again and goes back to talking to them once more. And then in this moment, the three of you. Um, are alone in, in the Walmart parking lot. I point at my Bronco and say, let's go over there. Yep. So the three of you move away over there to the car. You're having a conversation by yourself. You're, you've got the stage. Yeah, I thought we, we get in the vehicle and drive somewhere. <laughs> yep. So. Yep. Are we uh, in your car? Yeah. Okay. I'll get in and, like... Make the gesture, you know, we all get in, and... and Dorothy will get in the back seat. Fred will get in the passenger seat. As he sits down, he just says, drive anywhere, but drive. Okay. Coffee? Yes, please. Sure. All right, so head out. All right, so we'll, we'll cut to the coffee shop. Nice. Um, you've all made placed your orders, picked up your, your coffee in whatever form that you particularly enjoyed, moved to a secluded corner spot. Uh, there are some other customers here. Not a lot. It's, it's dinner time at this point. So, you know, but, but it's, you have some space to yourself and some silence and some brew. The floor is yours. So uh, I'll just start with Dorothy is going to be a little bit quiet with this situation uh, and kind of look at, you know, look to Fred for a signal on maybe what she should do because she's, she's not as privy to these things. Mm -hmm. uh, but she definitely senses that there's something going on here and wants to find out more. I was going to say, as soon as Fred sits down with his coffee in, in hand, he just kind of lets out a, a sigh. Um, both of, of um, being kind of out of the scene and out of all these people moving in and these, these things that just keep popping up, uh, but also a sigh of, this is going to be complicated. Um, the less people we involve, the better. Across the table from you is uh, is the the large figure of Willow. Yep. So Willow kind of goes, yeah. I assume kind of makes <laughs> eye contact with Dorothy. You were sent here because of personal reasons as well as professional, like I was. Dorothy nods. Okay, so let's get that out of the way. We both knew George. George is dead, and. That's not great. George knew about this church. I didn't know that, but that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, and she, she looks at Fred, too, because, I mean, this is probably the first time it's ever come up. You know, I think this is the first time she's ever really been in this situation with Fred. Yep. And he came to me three years ago and handed me this book. It was, I guess, their holy book or, or Bible or, or something. It was sort of like the Bible, but uh, I mean, there was only a few different chapters that were actually from the Bible, and then there was all this other 
weird stuff in it. There was this this book of the Passover angel as as one of the chapters, and then a variety of different, for lack of a better word, sigils, uh, astrological signs, and stuff talking about the the stars being right, and all of this kind of real crazy stuff. Willow, like, snaps her fingers and goes, you're the librarian. <laughs> uh, Dorothy will blush. <laughs> Red guy, he doesn't laugh, but he, he smiles a bit. Like, just complete understanding on her face, like, it clicks who, okay. So, Willow has definitely heard of you. Red's that's brow uh, furrows, the more you talk about just the Bible, but it's off with strange kind of star... Char- like charts and, and things of the like um yeah you know it was the kind of thing that he was concerned about but I I read through it and it didn't seem like anything substantive right it seemed like I mean it seemed like the kind of thing that crazy people would do so I sort of brushed it off and I told him not to worry about it did he still look worried yeah of course I mean you, you know him and you know his his feelings about this type of thing. Absolutely. So this was another cult or well, project? I guess I don't know. I don't know beyond what he brought to me um, meeting Pastor John there. Right. It definitely looks like some kind of a cult thing. I mean, did you see all those people? All the followers that showed up at this Walmart parking lot? I mean... If we weren't in Houston, if we were out in the sticks somewhere, it would track more. But in Houston, for them to, and she air quotes, circle the wagons like that, that, that's small town stuff. That's, you know, that's what I grew up on. It's not normal for a big metro area like this. So that's, that was a big sign for me that we're dealing with this kind of mentality. So I guess I was saying I kind of expected it after hearing the pastor started talking. Let me ask you this both. Was George someone patient who who was organized? Did he did he seem to make plans? Did did he have his shit together is what I'm asking. Yeah. Yes. Alright. More like I could expand on this, but this is not the time. That's alright. George had his shit together more than anybody I've ever seen. Good. And my father has walked on the moon. So, there's that. Dorothy's eyes go wide when you say that. That's right. That's the, that is what John said. Uh, impressive. Yeah. So, might as well just deal with that. What I told him is true. My father's an astronaut. I was involved in the Apollo projects. I basically was brought up in government service. So... All right. You know, being an agent was pretty much a foregone conclusion for me. Didn't know where until school. Medical school led me to the DEA, and now we're here. Indeed we are. Look, as we're enjoying our coffees here, um, there's only three of us. We didn't bring along any other cops or this detective. We, all three of us, we want the same thing. We want this uh, with whatever thing George did. Whatever thing he had planned and whatever is going on with that church, we want it to go smooth. And if the if there is any unsavory business involved in that, we want it to go away. That's what you want too, Willow, right? Yes. Good. I am concerned for this little girl though. So am I. So am I. He 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 kinda almost seems surprised by this. Um like he he catches himself that he for he he forgot about this or he didn't deem it important. Um, first thing we should do. This is going to take time. We should rent a motel or a hotel, and choose this place as our rendezvous point if anything goes wrong. Just a place to fall back to. Just for clarification, we're in Houston, right? Yes. I would. Think Willow has a place. A relatively large place here. Dorothy speaks up after a second and says, I'm not 
as concerned for this girl. And she she kind of she seems like she's she feels weird when she says it, but but she says George wouldn't hurt somebody like that. I don't I don't think. And I mean, oh, I'm not concerned for her for George's sake. I'm concerned for her for her father's sake. Can you elaborate? Sounds to me like father plans to sacrifice daughter for the legitimacy of his cult. To put it as bluntly as I can. That's what I think too, Malo. He was awfully eager to get the whole ball rolling, right? From, correct me if I'm wrong here, Tom, but from my medical understanding, her situation is serious, but it's not, she's not on the brink of death every day, right? Yeah, with your medical understanding, you know that it's, it's it's a serious condition. There's no easy fix for it. It may need some kind of corrective surgery later in life, but it is something that is manageable. I'll put it that way. It's a manageable condition that she can continue to live. It's not terminal. Yeah, she's not. Yeah, not terminal. So, I think it's going to be. I've seen this level of manipulation before, and I don't like it. And it's one of the reasons that I do what I do, is to keep people from taking advantage of other people in this way. But especially when it's a child, she has no idea what's going on. She's just trying to be a kid, I would imagine. Right. A, a quick note, though, um, her condition is terminal if not medicated. That is an important. She's caveat. got to. If she keep... doesn't receive her medication. That's a, that's unfortunate that she would pass away. So as long as she has medication, she'll be okay. Right. Do you say that to so, us? Willis yes. says that. And I would make the point that exactly that. If she is too far from her meds for too long, she will end up, you know, succumbing to her illness. But if she's receiving modern medical care, she could live a long time. Right. Do you think? That's why George tried to go back for the backpack? Uh, that That's a lot of conclusions I can't make for sure. Like, if George had the understanding of the medicine in the backpack, that makes sense, because that's what she needs to continue with. The mom, I almost wonder why the mom kept it. Because she had already lost the girl at that point. That's a really interesting point. And... I wonder if it was a conscious thought on the mom's part. In in any case, we agree. The girl not being with her father in the church of the Passover angel is not such a terrible thing, right? No, but the girl being separated from her medication and people who know how to administer it is a problem. A very a problem, real yeah. ticking time bomb problem. Right. So we need to find her before law enforcement does. All right, well, so the lady cop wasn't wrong. Y'all are from a three-letter agency. I'm from a three-letter agency. Let's move them horses and find that car. Yeah. Yep. Before they dig out who the hell George is and start asking us more questions. Because you know that call's coming. Hopefully your boss is as good as mine and will, you know, shelter us from that for a minute. But that call's coming in one of these days. She really seemed persistent that about her hunch that we knew George. Yes, she did. She knows. I mean, is my poker face that bad? It's probably mine. Willow gestures wildly at random face area. Dorothy just goes, oh. I'd do the same thing if I was her. She, she's fishing. She knows there's something there. But she saw that we're not, we're, we're not going to answer, so. I mean, she has a job to do also. She still has a kid to find. She does. It's a very complicated situation all around. It is. Well, let's find a motel. Let's get to work on figuring out that car and trying to ID the driver. And that motel, when I say using it as a rendezvous point or a place to fall back to, I don't I don't say it lightly. We don't know we don't know anything about the church of well, you do. Fred turns to Dorothy. You do know more about the Church of the Passover Angel than both of us. Well, I mean, I guess as much as I know about Thelema or something, which is to say not much. 
Right. Well, we don't know if they're armed. We don't know if they, they, they are planning anything. Because their apocalypse is coming very soon. Right. And the last time I dealt with a religious group armed, it did not end well. Right. So, danger may... I mean, it's the job. You, we know this. It could be dangerous, but I'm I'm just saying, if, if things are just too hot, fall back, and we'll meet back at the motel. Sounds good? Okay. Yep. Good. We should all probably exchange contact info, too, as we're sitting here. Yep. It is the 1990s. No one has a cell phone. Yeah. But it is possible some of you professionally have pagers. So let's let's start with that. Does Frederick have a pager for work? For sure. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to assume that Dorothy does not. Correct. Yeah. But a Willow, would a Willow have a pager for work? Only when she's on call, like any other doctor. And um, and right now, does she? Is she... Right now, yes. Because yeah. so, when I say on call, like she. She still thinks of herself as a doctor, right? So pagers are a new thing. It's it's an intrusion on her personal life, but when she's working, she has it. So, all right. So Willow and Frederick, you both have pagers with numbers, and you guys are you guys are familiar. Essentially, we use any phone you want to call the number on the pager. The pager vibrates and spits out a phone number to call back, and you can also put number codes on the back end of that phone number as well to communicate other information. So this is how we did things back in the 90s. That's how we're doing things here. So two of you exchange those numbers so you can keep in touch. Uh, you can use any any pay phone or house phone or office phone or whatnot yeah. to communicate back and forth and send messages or call me messages. And Dorothy will give her a landline and also her office phone for the for the school. And let them know where you work. Uh, sure. So she she works at Rice University in Houston. I think uh, if Fred definitely kind of like, oh, working at the university, as you told me, a professor in anthropology there? Uh, yes, that's right. Um, technically, anthropological archaeology, but yeah, basically. Oh. Good for you. He does kind of smile uh, saying this, kind of noting down your uh, phone number. Cool. All right, with that being done, anything else we want to do in the coffee shop? Enjoy the coffee. That's good. Take a breather for just a few moments, but the clock is ticking. So we move forward ahead. Who's who wants to pay for the the hotel room? Willow's got it. Like, and just Willow's got that. Willow, is that on her your personal money or is it on the company? It's personal money. All right, and of course, I'll sidetrack here. There, they don't. You don't have a company card for the DEA. You basically have to do an invoice after the fact, asking for reimbursement of whatever you spent. That's what that's the procedure for you. So it would it has a, either a check or cash is what you're probably using. But there's credit. You have credit cards as well. If you want to use that. So um, one room. So Willow is relatively well off still. Like yeah. So she's yeah. You, you can afford it. It's not an issue. Um, one room or two. Like two adjoining rooms, I would think. Like one to work in, one if somebody needs to crash, kind of thing. Okay. And are we talking about a hotel or a motel? One of those, like, three-level, all-facing-the-parking-lot. Um, like, there's a pool all the way on one end. and like. Oh, yeah, a pool? Okay. Yeah. Is the, um, are the room entrances inside the building, or are they exterior entrances to the They're all lot? facing towards the parking lot. And then, like, the windows on the outside don't have doors. So you can only, you come into the main part, and then you go up to the rooms, and you can see all of that from the inside. Mm-hmm. So exterior, yeah, yep. All right, it sounds like a hotel. To me. Yeah, it's yeah. I've seen those. Yeah, it's a type of hotel, I think. All right, good. Yeah. So we're not talking like the cheap side. We're more mid level yeah. or, or business class yeah. hotel. But pretty controlled right, as far as entrance right. and exit, like you were saying. Like you pretty much can only come into the one parking lot. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's taken care of. Uh, moving our clock forward, uh, hotels. The rooms are taken care of. You have keys, physical keys to your rooms. And um, it's going to be 8.30 in the evening. Um, you can get some qu a quick bite, but you still have the rest of the night, and the clock is ticking. Okay. Yep. At some point, like when we come back, Willow's just kind of musing to herself that she really wishes she could call George. This is exactly what she would normally do in such a circumstances, talk to George yeah. about it. Where is Willow when she's thinking about this? Like, 
I don't know, at the Coke machine or something in the like out in the parking lot. Right. I mean, so George really likes he likes Dr. Pepper. Yeah. And so he's he's over there. Um, he kind of hits on the button. The button doesn't move. <laughs> nothing happens. Uh, but he stands there looking at the machine, d- disappointed that nothing has come out. You know, with a kind of a smirk on his face, like it's a joke between the two of you. It says, "Well, what do you want to ask me?" I mean, there's all kinds of practical things I could ask you, like, "Where's the girl? Why did you do it? Why didn't you tell me first? But how about how you doing, George? Well, you know what I, what I would have told you is nothing. I didn't want you involved. You did tell me that. You didn't want me involved, but how did you think it was going to go, George? Well, kind of like this. Wish in one hand and, you know, shit in the other and see which one fills up first. It's still working, right? It's working, George. She reaches over and pushes the Dr. Pepper button. Yeah. And the machine, you hear the can fall down, slide out, door pops open. It's in the bottom of the vending machine. George smiles at you like a with a look of thanks on his face. Yeah. She just reaches down, grabs the can, opens it up, takes a nice drink, full on everything, just like turns her back on him literally and walks away. And you go back and join the other two. Yeah. <laughs> she just walks in and goes, Man, there's nothing like a cold Dr. Pepper, guys. Like there really isn't. So uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Dorothy would say to that. <laughs> I think Fred would have the same expression that I had, which was just confusion. <laughs> Is this an ad placement? Willow's used to that expression. Uh, so what's the plan? Where do we want to start? Probably vehicle. We have a partial. Mm-hmm. Um, we can we can punch in what we got, which is... I've got it pulled up here. MTW. It's a four-door Saturn, green in color. Uh, it's a car, right? Like a sedan. Yep. Four door, yeah, sedan. So I would think the the federal database is getting good enough to give us some good information off of that in the nineties. Like that's still a decent chunk. We should be able to call a switchboard or something. You guys should. Well, yep. Brett especially should. Right, FBI. I would think there's somebody we could call, and and I don't oh, yeah. I don't know how they do it in the nineties. I assume they have some kind of paper based system. Also, I I expect that the judge has one of those Motorola black bag phones in his car. Like, he's that kind of guy that had one of those. Oh, that'd be cool. (laughs) So the the, the plate, the church, like actually going there, talking to people. um... Well, we can find out if it's a fully registered church. Like, if it's an actual, Mm -hmm. you know, according to the government, if it's a church or not. Like, that's a good, that's a nice cult line to figure out. Right. Um... We, and we could run the names that we have from the people of the church. We could run the pastor, his okay. wife. Um, and also George's fake name. We have the name from the, from his ID. Oh, that's a good one. George's fake name. It seemed somewhat legit. It might just be a random name, but it's it's worth at least checking into. We could. Um, I don't know if that's info I'd be able to get. I imagine so. Uh, the warrant we have. Um, we could go to wherever he lived. Um, like that's lawfully we can we can search his his uh his his apartment or house. I believe. Um, we just need to know where that is. We can. Like, like that's covered in the warrant that you guys already have. Yeah, and the warrant does list his address. Perfect, and I would know where that is anyway. Good. Yeah. Right? So we could go there. What else is in the warrant? Uh, the warrant itself is is a pretty plain document. It, that's not. It's essentially a form where essentially it lists the location to be searched, uh, any items to be seized, um, and it's it's mm-hmm. got this official seal from a federal court judge. Um, and what location is that? that is it? It is a one page yeah. document. It's very, very fast and dirty. Yep. Basic for us. Yeah, it, it is yeah. nothing to it. What locations does it list? What items does it list for being seized? It basically lists the residence and gives the street address. Justice House. Yeah, it says it says interior and exterior and all um, all 
effectively properties, sheds, uh, building structures, whatever within the the property limits. Um, Searching for essentially um, paraphernalia, um, indicia, and um, narcotics and other illegal substances. Okay. Interesting. Weapons? Well, when you have permission, you have have permission to search for small things. If you happen to stumble upon something larger, that's within your, uh, within your, your, yeah, the, the yeah. scope of your search. Okay, gotcha. Willow genuinely whistles at this. She's like, "Damn, boys, we're joking. Get this. This is this is like the kind of warrants we dream of in the DEA. Yeah, this well, is go and get it." So I was in was in lying when I said to the detective that that was none of her business. It isn't. Yeah, but she's gonna go back and look at this because you gave him a copy, right? I don't think so. She's gonna know we were lying. Not of the warrant, but. He at least showed a copy to somebody. One small caveat uh, that you guys would be aware of as well is that uh, you're, you guys operate federally. You have a federal jurisdiction where she operates at the state level and the state courts. And they are two separate but kind of co-equal branches. But basically, um, the feds have different access, different jurisdiction, different you know authority than the states do. And there's things that go over their head that they have no right to without you know you guys allowing them. Right. access and vice versa i mean this is about as big yeah. as a warrant gets right like this is go do what you need to do at this place it gives you pretty much carte oh, yeah. blanche completely unethical it's just go for it <laughs> and... <laughs> yeah but it also but it doesn't list the walmart it's just his house that's, that's, that's really interesting good okay. job fred wait wait to wait to fbi that nope but not gonna give her a name she'll it, work for it it occurs to her that it's still George's house, and does she like does Willow really want to go tear through George's house? Not that she has any choice, but I think she would definitely mention that. Like, are we really about to go through George's stuff? Like, right now? I think we have to. I mean, what are we looking for? Information on this case, and we're gonna just ignore everything else we see? No, uh, his plans maybe um, contact info for anybody he might have been working with, um, any kind of evidence of what they might have been trying to do or 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 where they might be. You know where where this driver might have taken this girl to, or or why. But as far as everything else, I mean, I mean. You knew him, right? George George was a good guy. He was He was a good guy. You gotta just remember that. Whatever we find. Yeah, Willow kinda of shakes her head and she's like, You're right. And he would have followed procedure anyway. We're not gonna find much. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe you left some breadcrumbs. Well, maybe so. You did say you wanted to make sure that under the DEA, George's legacy, is, there's nothing left behind to stain it. For example, if we go to the apartment and we find something, well, unsavory, what would you do with it? That's too difficult of a question. There's just too many possibilities. I would... I'll... Reducing. Always attempt to do the correct thing, as far as I understand it at the time. That's about the best answer I can give there. Then let me reduce that choice to two options. You leave it there, because technically it's not yours to take, or you take it, which is illegal. So, How desperate is the DEA to? For this to go under the rug. Not desperate enough to break the law. We're still a federal agency that enforces the law. We don't break it. Good. Uh, um, Willow might notice when you say that Dorothy kind of rolls her eyes. <laughs> so, if Willow notices, which let's see. Either way, she's like, be, just because of the way that Fred asked, she like squared her shoulders all the way okay. up. Like, mm-hmm. no, you know? Yep. 
there's got to be some kind of interagency hate, I'm sure. Throughout <laughs> the exchange, Fred is completely cold. Uh, there's there's no smile, there's nothing. He's just looking at you and asking, uh, as if it, he's asking you what's your favorite type of chocolate. Um, asking you if he, if you'd break the law. Yeah, and she notices and just still kind of sighs because at her core she is a moral creature and she believes in her purpose of why she works at the DEA. She believes in the moral fortitude there and the right of law. And for what it's worth, it's not a, it's not like an eye roll of like, Oh, this goody two shoes. It's more of like a, Oh, I can't believe I have to deal with these types of people. Yep. Because Dorothy's not, uh, she's not a cop. She's not a special agent. She's a professor. And, uh, yeah. And those rules don't apply to you at the same level that they do to <laughs> Willow and Fred, right? Like, their oaths were involved in things. Yep. yep. You'd be ashamed to break them. Um, yep. And not only that, she was an Air Force officer for four years as well. So, like, the she was raised in a very patriotic, law-abiding household this is this is who willow is at the core sure mm-hmm. so she was a little offended fred just letting you know <laughs> mm-hmm. all right so do we we give a call for the license plate and then we're gonna head are we going all together to george's house does willow want to sit out does she want to come with no nah, she's definitely with okay. i think uh we would suggest uh, to do like, po- call in all the information, let them start working on it, and have them page Fred, maybe, when they have something. Yep. And then we could head to George's. I don't think it being nighttime really matters in this context. All right, let's go with Fred, then. Uh, Fred, go ahead and let me know exactly who you want to contact in general uh, and what you want to ask them for. Yeah, so so contacting, I mean, I know there's an, an FBI office in Houston. Um Yeah. I would, let me ask you this. Are you asking which bond I'm contacting? Like if I'm. Yeah, the option of using a bond or just calling the field office and, you know, go into the appropriate department. That's mm-hmm. another option. Uh, it's your choice who yeah. you want to call. <laughs> yeah. So let me know. Um, he. Oh, man. Um, eh, fuck it. He, he'd call his, uh, his, his partner, Jackson. Okay, good. Right, now it is after hours, and it, you know it's it's. You call Jackson at home. Yeah, you know it is eight thirty. No, I'll t- I'll call the field office then. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So someone in the secretarial pool answers the phone, asks you where you want to be transferred to. What, what are you What are you asking right. for? Me myself, Matt. I have no idea how how this works. I imagine it's like database. Uh. It, yeah, but, but Fred, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fred would know. So yeah, he's essentially records. Yeah. You know, uh, it could be traffic, it could be you know, national yep. database, whatever. Yeah, probably the computer people, exactly. database people. So there's some. They have somebody on duty twenty four seven to answer mm-hmm. these kind of calls. They, they patch it through. Um, the guy picks up and he says, "You have records." Records, as in. Uh... Yeah, records is research and records is whatever you need. They can. Yeah, the records guys. Sure, guys okay, look okay. Things up for oh, it's like you answering, they say this. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll just give my credentials, essentially, Philly Fontaine, special agent, FBI. Um, have a little something with a... Uh, like to narrow a search for a, a license plate. Okay. What do we have? MTW, a four-door green Saturn. That's a partial. Okay. Right, um, it is a part. What state for the plate? I don't. Very good did question. we even see? Um, let's see, you probably did, but um, I'll put it this way: What's what is Fred's int? Let's go over there. Let's see what his sure. memory is. If he remembers what the license plate like. My int. Uh, want, want me to roll just flat int? Yeah, uh, sure. Go ahead and roll for it. Let's see what we get. Uh, Fifty-nine. And his int is fifty-five. Oh no! Oh. <laughs> well, Fred, it was white in color, and and you, you sit and think about it. You you've been a you've been a couple different states 
the last couple of years, and yeah. you've seen a few white license plates. Your Fred's not sure, but Dorothy was watching it too, right? Yeah, and Dorothy has a much higher end. <laughs> Go, give it, give it a roll, Dorothy. Okay. I, I think Fred would just kind of like, um, uh, kind of put his is is like just put the telephone down. Dorothy, you remember the state of the uh, plate? And it's a seventy-two under eighty-five, and uh, she says, Ooh. "Yeah, it was." And then is it was it Texas? It's, it's a Texas. Plate. Okay, it was a okay. classic yeah. white Texas black text. Ooh, thanks. Yeah, so he, he you hear the guys the keyboard clacking in the background as he's making notes from the phone call. He's, okay, uh, all right, special agent, we'll we'll get. Uh, I'll run that. Uh, where are you? Are you in your office or? Yes, that's right. Okay, uh, I'll give you a call when we got something. Sure, uh, I might not be in my office when uh, when you get this. Places to be and all, uh, people to meet. Um, and I, I'm essentially going going to give the, you know, my pager info. Okay, he he writes out your pager number. Uh, if we got more than a couple hits, I'm just gonna print it up and I'll I'll drop it in your your inbox. Of course. If, it, if it's short, I can tell you over the phone. Sure. Thank you. All right, shouldn't take too long. Perfect. Anything else? No, it'll be all. Bye. <laughs> Have a nice evening. Click. Yeah, he's Love off. you too. He's off to work. Yeah. Anything else you want to do uh, with the phone? Uh, well, Fred will share the information. Uh, inf- info should come by pretty quickly. Um, if it is a long list, which it might be since it's a partial, uh, I'll have to drop by the office to grab the printed list. Um, yeah. As he says this, he, he just kind of looks at at Willow completely blank, but he kind of turns and looks at uh, Dorothy with an expression of, he does not like this. This is leaving traces behind. Like, he kind of shakes his head a bit, looking at her like, this is messy, but... She shrugs. Yep. She basically, she says, we're we're already in this deep. I mean, we gotta do what we gotta do, and we gotta do it quick, and... Yeah, get done with it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Does Willow pick up on any of that? Like, What's Willow's human? Human intelligence. Base, I assume. Yeah, base. And socially awkward is a thing. Seven charisma, literally awkward. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say no, but I'll let you roll for it. Go ahead and roll the human. And uh, a failure, of course, allows you to put a little check mark. That's like a base here. of 10. <laughs> 30. Oh, that's a crit fail, even. That's two checks, right? Is it 33? Was it yeah. 33? 33, yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so um, as far as Will is concerned, these two seem to be going by the book. Uh, they okay. seem to be acting like any other federal agents you've ever seen before. Uh, you su- she suspects nothing unusual about little interplay. Uh, yeah, picks up on none of this. And so I check. I put a check on that skill, right? Yeah, just, yeah, just check it. All right. Was it? Was that the first like proper skill roll, or did we have one of those last time? That might have been the first. I think that, I think that was the first. All right. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was my first. <laughs> there you go. Uh, there we go. <laughs> well, so should we head to his house then? You said it's eight thirty. You're coming on nine o'clock. Yeah, it's coming on nine o'clock now. Okay. Um, and just to clarify, George didn't have any like he wasn't married, had a girlfriend, anybody he was living with. His own kids. So I'll put it this way. Um, as far as Dorothy knows, um, no. But um, you also, um, I'll put it this way. You don't, you don't feel like you knew him that intimately. Sure. It was more professional in the relationship. Um, however, Same question uh, Willow, for Willow. Willow, you know he's, he's uh, divorced and he has a daughter. All right. Okay. So I expect to see some family item. Um, so are we getting back in the truck? Yeah. So, um, as the three of you basically leave the room, lock the doors, uh, you know, head down through the lobby, um, as you pass the lobby front desk area, um, you're kind of caught off guard. The, um, the clerks that work there seem to be having, this. um, they're kind of scampering about their itching at the back of their heads, um, looking at each other really funny. They have this, um, awkwardness as a, one of them looks the other one like accusingly. 
and, and scratches her head. The other one has like an itch that's really bugging the back of his neck. Um, they don't really notice the three of you walking out. They seem very much distracted by something that's irritating them in their, their head. I just want to pause and give spotlight to that sentence. What the fuck, Tom? Okay, I'm going to stop the recording. <laughs> <laughs> Jump in.